Hi everyone, my name is Ravel Root and this is the Ravel Root Podcast and today I'm going to have Zach Wiedemann on. Zach, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm great. So today we're looking to talk about, you know, politics with Zach. Uh, Zach is looking to run someday for public office. Uh, he might be challenging Dave DiPietro in the near future, uh, but we're looking just to talk about, you know, like we were on the other two podcasts, young people running for office and what you think about that. Uh, what What is motivating you to run, Zach? What do you think the main thing is that why you would want to run for public office and uh, the reason why you would do that? Yeah, um, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. Um, this is a great platform, I believe, for, uh, as you said, uh, young people trying to get involved in local politics. So first and foremost, thanks for having me on. Um, but I guess what's really led me to want to get involved in politics and, you know, uh, running for a local office is, you know, several different things, but mainly um, it probably would have to do with everything that's gone on, especially recently, as far as um, what the political culture is. Um, I think mainly our, our, our culture in politics is so split up and it's very frustrating if you're looking from the outside in as a, a young person to see, you know, our, our, our government and our politicians are just so separated and that also separates people, um, you know, and, and it, it, it hurts voters because when you have a divided government, it's hard to find middle ground as a voter. Um, and that's something I wanna bring if I could into, um, you know, like a public office or local politics. Yeah, and I also just want to say that Zach is a Republican, and I'm a Democrat, and here we are talking about issues. We're going to be talking about a couple different issues here, and Zach and I actually don't want to kill each other, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Find common ground, number one, and number two, when we do disagree, uh, we we don't want to kill each other, like I said. And there's a there's a more of a mutual disagreement and uh, discourse where we we come to each other's sides, but. We still uh, are friends and basically we agree to disagree sometimes and sometimes we meet in the middle, but it's what politics is supposed to be and uh, being able to compromise and being able to share ideas with one another at the very least. Um, so yeah, so basically my first question would be that is the signature process uh, archaic and how can it be changed? Uh, basically, people who are in public office making it nearly impossible for you to get on the ballot or party chairs making it really difficult to do so. Uh, what do you think about that process? Do you think it's undemocratic? Uh, and what would you say about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to put into context for people to understand what, where I'm coming from on this is, you know, I, I tried to in 2020, um, I tried to get on the ballot for uh, the assembly district, uh, the 147th assembly district in New York State. Um, and through that process, uh, I, I learned a lot of different things as far as the, the signature process of it and just merely getting on the ballot. Uh, the, I, I wouldn't say it's impossible for somebody on the outside from, you know, if, if you're not trying to get a party affiliated or, you know, you don't have, chair people 
from parties. It's not impossible to get on, but they don't make it easy if you're just trying to, you know, be a person on your own trying to get on a ballot. It's not that easy. There's, I don't want to say hidden laws, but laws that you might not be able to read into unless if you've had somebody who's already done it um, tell you what these laws are. Um, and during my process of doing it, um, I got signatures uh, and I was trying to get on the Republican ballot for the primary. And basically what happened is I got what I thought were sufficient signatures of uh, registered Republicans in the 147th district. And uh, because of a hidden, I don't, I don't like using the word hidden because it's probably not, but it's, it's something you have to dive deep into to find um, a, a rule about how the person has to sign um, you know, cause they have to sign and then also list their town or city. But if it's not the specific town that the, the New York state board of elections knows them by that signature, even if they're a registered Republican in that, uh, district gets thrown away. And that's basically what happened to me. Um, you know, you live and you learn, uh, it was a mistake that I made and I won't make it again, but I do think this process is archaic. I, I think in modern day, you know, we live in 2020 with the technology we have, I don't think that it's that hard for the New York State Board of Elections to, to you know, tell who is registered in that district and who's not. They shouldn't have to look yeah. into the specific town or city as long as it's in the general location of where they live, they should be able to, you know, be able to look that up and count that as a vote or count that as a signature. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. And it, it was ultimately the reason why I didn't get on the ballot in 2020. Um, and, you know, I, if I ever got into office, that's something I would change. I would make it more easy or easier for a person like myself or anybody who's looking to get on a ballot without going through the party, without, you know, going through the, the hoops and ladders that that the the parties have to get on the ballot, I would change that in some sort of way to make it easier. And as you said, more democratic. I don't think it's very democratic to have, you know, the rules they have in place completely. You know, if you wanna be on a ballot, you should just be able to get your signatures regardless of, you know, certain little bylaws that they have, you should be able to just get your signatures and get on the ballot. And that, and I think that needs to change, especially in the modern world we live in, where technology, you, you have it literally in your hands and you can have information at a snap of a finger. Yeah. And I, I'll just comment on that and say that this isn't just a Republican issue. Um, Democrats, right. party elites, party chairs, uh, candidates, sitting congressmen, congresswomen, uh, sitting assembly members, sitting state senators, all do this where if anyone wants to challenge them in a primary, it's not allowed, basically, especially in deep blue districts and especially in deep red districts. And that mm -hmm. in and of itself is entirely undemocratic 
and in many ways can can in a way subvert our democracy by you get the signatures, you get the amount, the people are legal voters, they're legal signatures, it's their actual signatures, but you don't get on the ballot because of some archaic law that has been in there for many, many years, and they just have forgotten to get rid of. Right. No, and totally. It agree. happens every and, day. Uh, and it limits, yeah. my point is it limits young people from running is the problem. It completely, if you don't have a coalition of people, and even if you do, I, I know many people who would want to maybe challenge somebody who's in a deep blue district and they won't uh, because they don't have the resources. And for the Democrats on our side, AOC is an anomaly, but we need more young people on both sides that will be able to challenge sitting congressmen and women, sitting assembly members, sitting state senators, because that's what democracy is all about. And if you have a deep red district or a deep blue district, they deserve to be challenged. And party elites shouldn't be allowed to not make that happen. And, and candidates should not be allowed to hire lawyers to not make that happen. Um, so yeah, that's the point. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's that idea of the establishment, right? You know, if, if you're not a part of the establishment, you're, you're not going to get in. And, and that's, I, I believe in my mind, that's the way they want it. Um, if, if you're Definitely. not one of them, you're, you're not getting in is basically, I think the mindset. Um, and it's sad and, and that there is a big establishment like you said, especially in a deeper red or a deeper blue uh, district. And in, a, in the district that I, I would be looking to run for and the one that I tried to get on the ballot is a predominantly deep red state or red district. Yeah. Um, so anyways, if you do decide to run in that district or anywhere else, um, what would you want to provide the people in that district? Like how, what are basically maybe the, the basic things that Assemblyman DiPietro is not doing or what other, you see other Republicans are not doing where you could make things better for them? Sure. Uh, so especially in the district that I would be looking to run for the 147th Assembly District, um, something that we've lacked in the past, you know, eight years and maybe more is proper representation. And I don't mean somebody who has the idea of policies that fits the people, but I'm talking about somebody who actually shows up to work. You know, if, if I go into my work as a laborer and show up 60% of the time, I, I, I'll be fired 100% of the time. Like that, that's just, if it's unfathomable that we have such a low standard for our representatives where it's allowed for somebody to, who, by the way, only about three months out of the year actually has to be in Albany, shows up 60% of the time when it is his job to be a representative. That's literally the definition of what he's supposed to be, but you don't show up. To me, that that's just it's kind of disheartening, but also uh, lazy and taking advantage of, of tax money, 
that's that's one thing that I know 100% I could do better than most people is I'll work 100% of the time and, and give 100% of my attention to being a representative. I'm not gonna go on vacation during uh, open assembly time. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there fighting for people and, and, and working. That's my goal. Or go on your radio show in Buffalo. And uh, he, uh, he recently, Mr. DiPietro was actually removed from his radio show. Yeah. Uh, and he said that it was because of Antifa, but it wasn't. Right. Uh, it, the no, guy who yeah, owns the station was... actually said, you know, we got to shut this down, the Capitol riots. Uh, we got to take a break from this. Right. Day. It's, a, <laughs> it's a liability to try to save themselves from, from losing uh, listeners. Yeah. And I mean, the thing like, and this is just me talking, Dave DiPietro is a pathological liar. And that just shows that at every single turn, he will make up things. If Zach does run against him, he will make up things about Zach. He'll make up things about anyone who he's been around. And that's just how he rolls. That's right. Yeah. And, and listen, my mindset is, you know, he is who he is. And he's proved that over the past eight years now, he's been, you know, a, an elected official for us. And actually, if, if you're more in the area, he was uh, the mayor of East Aurora. So he's been an elected official for even more than eight years. Um, he's a career politician to a T. And the problem with him is he talks a great game for, for Republicans in this area, especially those who strongly oppose our governor and, and his rhetoric preaches a likable uh, aspect to voters. But it's easy to get up there and say, I'm going to do this. That's the easy part. You actually, like I said, you got to show up to work and get it done. And it just, it just hasn't happened in the past eight years. Yeah. And I mean, just the, like you said, the base, most, some of the most basic things of being an assembly member showing up to work every day and voting and just doing, not even proposing bills, just basically showing up to work like every other right. American does. He refuses to do it. And he has like yeah. one of the worst attendance records in the assembly. Is that, is, he, am I right yeah. on saying that? No, you're definitely, and if, if anybody's interested, um, the, there is uh, from a Democratic candidate who ran in 2018 against him, Luke Wachensky did a whole deep dive into his attendance records if uh you know maybe i'll share that on my my facebook one of these days about what actually went down the, the research behind it and that you know there is paper proof that you know he's not showing up to work and and for especially the republican party who who preaches you know work for what you get it's it's ironic that he doesn't yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's let's lighten it up a little bit here. Uh, in tw in 2019, Zach and I were on Austin Morgan's campaign, and um, I just wanted to ask him what his favorite campaign moment was. And we, we had a lot of fun times together. Zach and I went to high school together. We were also in band together. We were percussionists. Um, we've been friends for years. So what was your favorite moment of that campaign? Um, so I had a lot of favorite moments and, 
that, that that's a tough question. Probably the time um, when we were driving Austin up to Jamestown, uh, which is out here in Western New York, um, to a, uh, a meeting at a Rotary Club, and uh, on our way there, we got a little lost. So we're running a little bit late, but the, the funniest part of it all, actually, it's, it's almost you have to be there type thing in order to uh, to really appreciate the humor of it is they placed uh, all three of us. And I don't know why me and Revolt were involved on, on the higher end of that. I don't know why they placed us at the front table. They shouldn't have. We're, we weren't the face of that. Austin was definitely the face of, of that campaign. Um, the flag is behind us. And before all Rotary meetings, they have this, uh, you know, they go through a bunch of things and then they say the Pledge of Allegiance. So me and Revo turn around while well, everybody, you know, faces the flag, the flag's behind us. So we turn around and say the Pledge of Allegiance and everybody else turns back around and Revo's just standing there like having a moment with the flag for at least 30 seconds and everybody's just staring at you. I'm trying not to burst out in laughter. Um, and I, I could tell Austin was just like, oh, yeah. How did I end up with these two idiots on uh, up here? You know, we were definitely at, at that point the behind-the-scenes people. <laughs> we, um, but no, I mean, in general, that uh, I guess to talk more about that, um, you know, working on that campaign was definitely uh, a huge stepping stone in in the reason why I want to run and the reason why I think I have the ability to to run. Um, so first and foremost, uh, if Austin ever listens to us, uh, I definitely got to thank him for even give, giving me and, and definitely you the, the opportunity that he did. Um, but the funny thing about that, that, uh, that campaign we helped run there was, as you said earlier, I, I'm a Republican. Austin's a, a Democrat running as a, uh, a Democrat. And a lot of people since then and even during then would ask me like well that doesn't make sense why why is a republican working with or for a democrat and it just baffles me that that that's like it's like i don't know it's, it's unheard of for some reason i don't i don't get that first and foremost i was young we all were young we were just trying to get experience because nowadays if you want to get in the job market you have you know, even an entry level job, you have to have 55 years of experience and be able to do a, a headstand as you're juggling, you know, you got to do a million things in order to get an entry level job. But secondly, I believed for the most part in what we were doing, not even just in the political aspect, but as young kids, you know, young adults trying to make noise, trying to do something. And I, I believed in that a lot. Um, and ultimately we live in New York state. I'm in the minority. If I went, if, if I'm a, an assembly member and a Republican assembly member, I'm in the minority. You can't go down state to Albany and bust in the door. That rhetoric, that, that mindset's never worked for Republicans. You have to be able to shake hands and communicate and compromise and, and you know actually be friendly with these democrats otherwise you're going to get nothing done and i think that's a huge mistake that people make 
uh, especially on the Republican side, that they think they're just going to go down in Albany and, and bust the door in and, and get what they want done. That's just not how it works. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. like these, these Michael Caputo types, these Dave DiPietro types, I'm going to go down there. I should say these Alex Jones types too, are, because they're on the same level, are just basically going to, I'm going to go down there and bust the door down of the governor. And I, I, I just won't do a thing that Democrats want. Well, good luck making any progress there, buddy. Right. It's not going to ever work out, and it hasn't. And Zach's also not saying he wants to kiss the ring of Governor Cuomo. That's the most. Oh no! And and yeah, first and, uh, ever. yeah, I, I'll say right now, I really not a big fan of Andrew Cuomo. Uh, and not just because, and I'm not saying that because he's a Democrat. Is what I should say. I'm saying that because I really don't think as a representative he's he does the best job. I think there's better options out there um but yeah i mean that's that's my little you know yeah i mean i'll say that the governor has been extremely extremely corrupt in many instances uh where where democrats refuse to criticize him and and has constantly made it hard on many schools many people who are many businesses he he consistently acts like his word is his bond and then we'll change course on something immediately based on public reaction. Uh, he is the ultimate politician and some of what people say is extreme. Uh, but a lot of what the criticism of the governor is, is very warranted if you look into it. Um, so yeah, that's my piece about it too. And, and Zach's just basically saying that he would work together with Democrats on common sense bills where, you know, he could, you could improve this state. Uh, but yeah. Right. So I'll bring it to like a simpler level too, um, to go back into when humans first came about on this earth, right? Um, what separated our species from any other species wasn't the fact that we were stronger wasn't the fact that you know we could survive that's you know we we couldn't survive cold we couldn't do this the only reason why humans are where we are today is because of community because of working together if you don't have either of those two things the human race doesn't exist so i it's almost archaic to think that we're where we are are at now you know humans have been on this earth for ten thousand years um and we're in one of the wealthiest countries, if not the wealthiest country in the world. And you look at our political culture and it's so divided. And so there's just no compromise whatsoever. It's just, it's just ignorant to me. Like how, there's the, the word compromise does not exist anymore in politics. And it, it's just, it's sad to see. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I mean, uh, that's, that's it right there. We're, we're not looking at normal things that we could compromise on and it's, it's refusing to happen. Um, and it's, just, there's this such refusal to re- reach across the aisle and try to figure something out. Um, it just, it's very, very unfortunate. Um, so I guess I would close with, uh, do you think that there's a high possibility that you would run in 2022? And if so, what do you think like the main issue is that could change, whether that's our farms who are 
extremely suffering during the pandemic and as well as before? Or, you know, what do you think would be the main issue that you would change if you do decide to run in 2022? Yeah, so first of all, I 100% will be running in 2022. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing stopping me. Um, There won't be uh, something wrong with my petitions this time around. I will be on the ballot for that primary in 2022 against David DiPietro. Um, But... As far as the biggest issue going or something that needs to be fixed above all, um, I, and there's a list, right? A list goes on of, of things yeah. that, that could be fixed. But specifically in our area, um, undoubtedly would be businesses, especially localized businesses or localized farms. Some, you know, anything like that, they're suffering. And especially in New York State, New York State, is like ranked the lowest in the whole country for success in local business. And that's an issue. We can't have that, you know, we have such little incentives for people to start from the ground up. And that's the whole idea of what this country is built on that you could come here and work from the ground up and have success. And it's sad to see that in New York State, which is one of the wealthiest states in the the country, we we belittle local business in in a lot of ways to where, you know, again, there's no incentive to start a business. And and this is coming from experience of my, my dad owned a business for 20 years and it was a struggle. You know, he he worked. 60 plus hours a week you know it's and and that doesn't just on his level but on a family level and on everything it's a struggle if you're a business owner you know good luck being able to to see your kids get raised good luck you know having a, a solid family it's not easy and and these things you know need to get fixed um so that that's one thing for sure that i would i would say is the main thing that I will make sure is, is getting fixed right away if I ever were to get voted in. Um, again, the, the list could go on of, of things to fix, but that, that's that got to be the top one. Yeah, and I mean, just yes. and I can be in agreement with you on that, just cutting the red tape and basically making it an easy process to be a business owner in New York State. In, in so many other states, it's not an easy process. And Zach and I might disagree on, you know, like tax rates or corporate tax rates and how we're going to tax people or minimum wages. Um, But I do agree with him in the fact that the red tape in New York state has to be cut where when it comes to the base, most basic elements of starting a business and running a business, uh, those are two really hard things to do in New York state right now. And that Mm -hmm. does have to change. And I would think that if you if you really dug deep into it and you know introduced some bills, people would be on board with that on the Democratic side, from what I I know. And Definitely. you know that that just has to happen. And hopefully they could get through a gubernatorial veto if that had to happen. I don't know if that would, but yeah. I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about, Zach? About you know what you're looking to do or any bit of your background that you could tell voters? Um, you know, the biggest thing with me 
Um, again, I, I come from a family, a middle-class family, which is common in this area, um, where my dad was a business owner. Um, I may be young, but I have a lot of experience in, in certain things in life, and, and I know what needs to happen. Um, that's why I'm running. That's why I firmly believe in what I stand for. Um, I'm not so much going to attack people on policy. That's not what I'm about. Policy is policy, and I'm a first and foremost will be a representative. My ears are to the people, and that's how it'll always be. I'll always listen to them. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, doesn't matter what you identify yourself as. I'll listen to you. You know, my door will always be open if I ever get elected. If you see me on the street, you would be allowed to, to say whatever. I don't care. I'm here to listen. Um, you know, and that that's, I think, what a representative is and always should be, is somebody who listens to all the people, not just certain groups in a district. Um, and that's how we move forward. And that's what I'm going to base my, my campaign off of. Um, and that's how I'll always have the outlook of, of, you know, where our political culture needs to go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of Republicans are going to want to vote for you for some normalcy and for somebody who is looking to basically go with the will of the people and the constituents of the area, as well as a lot of Democrats who just same thing they want just common sense solutions and they want to be able to talk to their representative be able to contact him not just hear him on the radio and spout just total garbage about bullshit issues uh to put it frankly but yeah that's yeah. how we're on the podcast <laughs> right no and uh, uh to add a little bit um you know like i said i have an an, an open book open door type guy um this Hopefully, and I know he's going to listen or his people are going to listen. And this message goes right to David. Good. Is, I want to be on the Buffalo News Net or on the Buffalo Radio next. They said they want a left guy. I'm in. Sorry. What'd you say? Right. Yeah, there you go. But uh, like I said, this message goes right out to David because I know he's going to listen to it. If not, one of his people are. Is let's talk. You know, uh, I'm not going to hide. And I know what I want and I know what we need. I'd like to just talk. Um, doesn't have to be a debate. Uh, like I said, I'm an open book. Uh, I'm a transparent person. I'm not going to hide behind my people. I'm going to be in front of my people. And more or less, like I said, I just want to talk. I, I want to have a conversation. Um, like I said, doesn't have to be a debate. Just want a clean conversation of of why I'm running and why I'm running against him. You heard it, Dave. Let's get it done. All right. Thanks for coming on, Zach. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I appreciate it too, Revo. Thanks. Thanks. Tonight I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. See?
Cause I'm having a good time Having a good time I'm a shooting star leaping through the sky Like a tiger defying the laws